Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe podcast family. That's why on your favorite podcast platform it reads Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. And yep, I went to that Christmas party for the Believe Network. And I was wondering if anyone was going to give a shit that I make fun of the network name for now 142 episodes. Um, I don't think anybody listens at <laughs> the network, which is great and also weird. And, I, you know, I don't know how to feel about that. But, yeah, no one no one cared. Uh, <laughs> they did ask me what they what 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 could we do for you to make it better and i had to i, I was like well let me get back to you on that because i don't think they're gonna budge on the name thing anyhow enough of that michigan on to this week's amazing guest um a someone who is heading up a la cultural institution that just started out as a humble video store in santa monica please give it up for the executive director of vidiots maggie mckay hi hello maggie hi how is it going on you know that we're just a few days away from uh christmas and uh, the end of the year um you know it's always like for for executive director non-profit mm-hmm. people um with massive uh undertakings like you know opening an eleven thousand square foot Two hundred and fifty seat, state of the art cinema <laughs> with a yeah. room and a bar and a right. video store. Um, you know, it's always like it feels like you know hurtling towards Earth in an uncontrolled, uh-huh. un- unmanned ship. But um, uh-huh. but we're doing great. It's a really exciting time for Vidiots. Right. Um, you know, as much as we can control our anxiety. Sure. Um, we're watching our new home mm-hmm. really, truly, like get closer to opening every single day. Every day, I go into our space and freak out because some wonderful new mm-hmm. thing has been completed. Right, it's exciting. Yeah, I can't. I got to see a, 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 a preview of it in person the other just a few days ago, and I was already amazed at what had been done and. The seats hadn't even been put in yet, but like it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Um, for those unacquainted or unfamiliar, maybe you know, we got a lot we got a lot of transplants that moved into LA in the last three years. Uh please tell them what Vidiots is and what it is now. Sure. So um Vidiots is the landmark Los Angeles video store um that uh was always so much, so much beyond a video store. It was a community hub. Our founders, um, Kathy Tauber and Patty Pollinger, opened Vidiots in 1985. They're third-generation Angelinos, um, the two coolest ladies in the world. And um, they they opened in 85. They were really, you know, very engaged in the arts. And um, Kathy had been working for Frank Zappa, and Patty had been working at United Artists. And um, they wanted to not work for other people anymore. They wanted to start their own business. They were very, very invested in um, the culture of Los Angeles. And um, they were watching video stores crop up all around them. 
Um, none of those video stores at the time were carrying the kind of work that Patty and Kathy wanted to see. Mm -hmm. And so out of this sort of space of like personal curiosity and intrigue and, and honestly necessity, right. they landed on um, an independent video store as the model for their small business. They right. opened in 85 with 800 tapes mm -hmm. and um, by 2003, um, they were one of, if not the most beloved video stores, I would say in the world. Uh, yeah. We built a collection. They built a collection of over 50,000 titles. We have a huge rare VHS collection. Right. Um, they were running programming from day one. Um, they they knew intuitively, instinctually, I think perhaps because they are women mm -hmm. um, and women in a field that, <laughs> you know, they were, they were like, you know, really um, pioneers at the time. And in some ways we still are. But they really wanted Vidiots to act as a space um, that would really cater to the community. They wanted to have a party every Friday night and Saturday. Yeah. And need one. Mm -hmm. um, and they wanted to party with people who were really interested in experimental film and music and art. And, right. um, and so they were always showing movies, whether it was like on the side of a wall with a little projector. And then later mm -hmm. they built the screening room. Right. Or pulling musicians off the Venice beach to come and play <laughs> right, and right, right. readings and panel conversations with Charles Burnett and, um, you know, these giants and towering figures of, of the LA film scene. Mm -hmm. Um, by the early two thousands, they were an enormously successful small business. And then of course the digital, era came in and um, streaming and, and DVR um, really disrupted the model. So they transitioned to a nonprofit model, which is what we are now. We're a 501c3 nonprofit. Right. Um, and we had many ups and downs and ups and downs. And I got involved in 2016. And long story short, we knew that it was not sustainable for us to stay in Santa Monica. But we also knew that as the industry was changing very rapidly, um, Vidiots was the thing that we need the most. Right. We need equitable, affordable, community-centric film spaces that are brick and mortar and bring people together. And that was even before the pandemic. Right. Um, and what we knew we needed to do was find a sustainable model to keep Vidiots open to the public. Right. And um, flash forward through several years of pandemic and oh. <laughs> spaces and all of the things. And now um, for the last couple of years, we have been renovating an almost 100 year old long, dark movie theater right. in Eagle Rock. Right. And we'll be opening in early 2023, mm -hmm. not just with our video store collection and many, many years of programming, mm -hmm. but also with a 250-seat state-of-the-art cinema, yeah, a micro-cinema, a beer and wine bar, mm -hmm. and of course, our 50,000 titles on DVD and Blu-ray and 11,000 rare VHS tapes. Right. And um, <laughs> if I may, it'll be easier to park there than at Alamo Draft House. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, it's a neighborhood. Yeah, it's a neighborhood. And Eagle Rock is one of the most adorable neighborhoods in L.A. It's really sweet. And 
were like in the heart of Northeast LA, which mm-hmm. is such an amazing neighborhood. It always has been an right. enclave for artists and filmmakers and um, creative people. And it always had movie theaters like most neighborhoods in Los Angeles right. and across the country. It had a neighborhood movie theater and that right. neighborhood movie theater is called the Eagle. Mm-hmm. And it ran from 1929 until 2000. Right. So there was an audience for it, even when it was an adult cinema. <laughs> um, and so we're, what we're doing is really ambitious because we're not just bringing back one film hub in LA, we're bringing back two. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't bring back either without the other. So um, what we're doing with Vidiots at the Eagle makes the Eagle sustainable. And what we're doing to bring the Eagle back makes Vidiots sustainable. Right. And all of it adds something to this incredibly diverse, very um, interesting, culturally thriving, not just a neighborhood, but really like Northeast LA is in other states would be, you know, its own city. Right. Right. I mean, that's the the weird reality of Los Angeles is that many of the neighborhoods and cities that comprise it, which there's dozens, are a legit city in most states. Yeah, it's a yeah. big, it's a big area. And a lot of people like they do. They live walking distance. They live biking distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah parking shouldn't be an issue parking it never never was before for single screen theaters right in the heyday of when those theaters were built right because again they were catering to their communities yes absolutely they are um and yeah i I don't think it would get very much more neighborhoody than um having a movie theater like an independent movie theater in eagle rock yeah yeah um, why is it to you important for there to be independent theaters, rep theaters, single screen theaters now? Well, I I mean, I think the answer is look at what's happening with film. Look mm-hmm. at the sort of catastrophic state of um of film. Um, mm-hmm. it's not good. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not good. Theaters closed. Chain theaters took over. Right. Um, you know, we're we're so siloed and we're not raising another generation of film lovers mm-hmm. um, because we've stripped away so many points of access mm-hmm. and um, we've made the whole thing just insanely unaffordable. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's a rather simple equation when you take away points of access mm-hmm. and when you make things really expensive and um, especially things that were really designed for the masses and survived through very complex periods of time because of the masses. Right. Seems like you should probably keep doing what you were doing. Right. Um, and so, I mean, for me, the, the, the reason why these spaces are important is because I'm quite positive that's how we will create another generation of film lovers. And 
That is ultimately how this art form will say, stay relevant and sustainable. Right. And it won't just become something that people do in the background while they're folding laundry. Right. AMC and Top Gun Maverick being like the being like a savior is not a sustainable business model. No, it's not. No, it's not sustainable because I mean, I, I it's not. Like I don't have to <laughs> it's, so fuck that it's not sustainable. Yeah, um, my ten year old does not has no interest in that movie. She's right. just, that if that's the one thing she's gonna get. Mm -hmm. Um, she you know she did have Wakanda Forever. Um, she had a few little things this year. Right, but it's that's not enough to make you fall in love with film to the point where you will pursue it on such a regular basis, both right. as a teenager and then into adulthood, right. that you will make it sustainable. Right. Um, which is honestly what generations before my kids did. I mean, I was spending a lot of money on film mm -hmm. when I was her age. I, yeah. I, I had a job, I, I babysat from mm -hmm. the time I was 10 on, which, right. Gen X, different, different, different times. Um, <laughs> very responsible babysitter, by the way. Um, <laughs> okay. I, was, I was really, really good. Uh -huh. um, but like a lot of us mm -hmm. of that generation, we did, we worked, we wanted to have jobs, we wanted to work. Mm -hmm. And where did we spend our money? Mm -hmm. We spent it at video stores and movie theaters and comic book shops and record stores right. in skate shops. Right. We spent our money in um, brick and mortar spaces and most of, you know, and, and largely independent brick and mortar spaces. Right. Um, yeah, I there that point about points of access is so important because I I mean, I went to film school. I aspire to be like a Hitchcock type. Um, and I lived so many places around the country and like in the places, most of them were small towns and they didn't have. Like there isn't like a video. It's in Lubbock, Texas. Um, but I bet you had an independent video store, or a uh, box or even. You know, I mean, I we probably did, but my, I, you know, I didn't have a car at the time because I was in like junior high, and yeah. it was probably like somewhere on campus at Texas Tech, and my dad probably wouldn't take me there. Yeah. Yeah, and I I remember when I got back to L.A. It was like I would definitely try to like I just want to see stuff that's not in a multiplex. I want to see stuff that's weird. And uh, it's important to have those things. Yeah. And it's important for people of all ages mm -hmm. to be able to know that they have a space to go to mm -hmm. where they can be around people who have a common interest, whether they know them or not. Right. And I, I mean, I do not, not to like, like get too deep down the the rabbit hole but mm -hmm. i do think that a huge part of the socio-political catastrophe that we're seeing now in this country mm -hmm. has a lot to do with the fact that spaces that were typically um very uh, uh kind of democratic and inclusive like film like music um, you know, everybody listened to the same FM station mm -hmm. in a given town. Um, 
or, or city or state, you know, everybody had this sort of like ultimately the same kind of things coming through their television sets. Most of us had a video store of some kind and a movie theater of some kind. Mm -hmm. You had commonalities with people who lived very differently than you did. And right. if you had just this one little point of interest mm -hmm. in common, you you could break down a lot of other barriers. Right. And I do think that the peeling back of spaces, like, you know, kind of common areas, what we call the third spaces mm -hmm. in, in culture is is really absolutely contributing to, um, you know, I hate to be dramatic, but like the downfall of fucking civilized society. Right, right. Yeah, they just, it, it's, th those are the fraying edges that were, you can see in real time. Yeah. 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 Um, so <laughs> thank you for trying to keep it alive. <laughs> thank you. I, I mean, mean, I'm not alone. There's a lot of people that are trying to do this. Mm -hmm around the country and um not exactly like vidiots but there are so many wonderful art house movie theaters and there are so many um you know it, I, I mean like i don't i i identify us very closely with other brick and mortar spaces that aren't necessarily film centric right. like comic book stores and right. um bookstores right. because they are places where people gather around a common interest. Right. And especially when those spaces are independently operated. Right. Um, you create community in a very organic and real way. Yeah. And ultimately that's what the whole thing is about, right? For the Absolutely. short period of time we're on the planet. Yeah. One of my favorite bike stores in LA, Golden Saddle, was exactly that. Yep. And they had they closed not because they were doing even bad. It was just the building they were in got bought up and is going to be turned into luxury apartments. Yep. 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 I mean, it, it is watching development in LA is really disheartening. I think that's part of the other reason why I personally, mm -hmm. um, I can't speak for our board or any of the other people who are involved because this is not just about me. I mean, we have an incredible. We're very, very skeleton staff, but we do have a staff and we mm -hmm. have an amazing board of directors and an incredible advisory council. And honestly, our our donors, our major donors who we call founding members um, and some of our lower level donors are also like making this thing happen. Right. I, I you know, to tie this back to comedy, I think theaters like this are so important uh, because Otherwise, where would you see the things that are like not these big budget Kevin Hart, Will Ferrell movies that it's like, I mean, from my opinion, like you guys like used to be hilarious. Like what happened? Oh, I will always think Will Ferrell is hilarious. Will Ferrell is hilarious. He is my hilarious. favorite in all the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, I, the, the. I mean, that, to me, comedy is always a really interesting thing when you talk about um, sort of at least the the contemporary kind of um, like film movement, right? Right. I, video stores were so important to me when I was growing up 
largely because I was getting an access point to something that wasn't marketed to me. Right. And actually the two, the two of the the movies that were like the most <laughs> strange as it may sound influential uh-huh. um, when I was growing up were comedies that were absolutely not marketed to a 10 to 12 year old that I was renting over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And yes, it was Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Okay. And yes, it was things like, um, Friday, uh, sorry, Friday. <laughs> no, that was, that was later. I'm, I'm old. Um, <laughs> oh, I mean, Delirious was a big one for me. Wow. I rented it all the time. Moonstruck okay. was a movie that came out when I was pretty young that, um, you know, I just liked the cover of oh, the yeah. box art and I took it home and I guarantee you that Moonstruck was not a comedy that was intended or for or marketed to a what I don't that movie came out in maybe in 87 mm-hmm. a 12 year old right well, because I had a point of access in the video store mm-hmm. um and there wasn't anybody to like manage that right right I was just renting those movies I mean it got me to be such a more adventurous and worldly watcher, especially when it came to genre and comedy. Yeah. So like horror movies and comedy, mm-hmm. I were I was really watching things that were so the last thing in the world that an algorithm would recommend to a kid. Right. And they literally made me who I am. Not literally, my husband would kill me. My <laughs> DNA and my parents made me who I am. But <laughs> Shout out to your parents. <laughs> we're like up our kids' asses about the wrong worse of wrong use of the word literally. But like uh-huh. but those comedies, those genre movies that were so specifically not marketed to me right. were available to me at the video store. Right. And yeah. they had such a massive influence on who I am and what my interests are and what and and clearly look like look what I'm doing for a living yeah absolutely I'm here I'm just gonna let my dog in no worries I think um part so I think comedy as it ties into like independent cinema is important for twofold because there's points of access as you said because like you know something like Moonstruck or even um a new leaf which yeah, you know, only, like, only because of Criterion, I even was aware of it. Um, yeah. But it's so funny and it holds up so well. Um, yeah. Like, so there's that. But also the part of the like movie going experience, I think is most emphatically felt between like horror and comedy because there's actual like external reactions that people share in. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's I mean, just not gonna going to be. Yeah. Yeah. The, the movie theater... I think for a long time, probably home video and theatrical were seen as sort of like, um, you know, like a little bit in opposition to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue that they're not, that they actually um, bolster each other and that they, they you know, again, more points of access, mm-hmm. you know, more, more passion, more excitement, more, right. you know, a, 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 somebody who's constantly going to the video store and renting movies and mm-hmm. um 
watching stuff at home is a lot more likely to be the first to get in line when a new big title is coming out or when a re-release is happening. Um, but absolutely, I mean, comedy, I mean, we know it. We know it from living through a pandemic that <laughs> comedy is one integral to our the health and humanity of society. Yeah. And that it's um, better felt with other human beings in a room and particularly human beings that you're not blood related to. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I programmed film festivals before I got involved with idiots. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first, very first started programming, I had to really train myself to watch comedy and genre mm -hmm. in a very particular way, which was to, before I ever, you know, back then it was VHS tapes um, and then discs. But like before I ever hit play, I would have to get myself in the frame of mind right. to to sort of imagine myself sitting with an audience right. um, in order to to not misjudge mm -hmm. the quality of a, of a piece of work because it goes without saying that, again, comedy and genre are like, you got to be in a room of strangers to make that really work yeah yeah absolutely and i mean that's part of but that's what's magical about it when it does um what uh do you have an idea of what sort of comedy you'd be programming at vidiots coming up i mean is that too, is that too far in the future to ask you name it <laughs> definitely i i think from a film perspective mm -hmm. you know we're largely repertory but certainly lots of sneak peeks of new movies and special events and right. um premiere events and mm -hmm. word of mouth screenings right um but then i vidiots always has had a history of um looking at film from a much broader perspective it wasn't like we're cinephiles with a capital C and we only show art movies or we only show this kind of thing, or we only do this kind of thing. Right. So we have like a blue, a programming blueprint that involve lots of stand-up comedy and workshops oh, cool. and um, bands coming into play. And honestly, some of our most devoted like vidiots enthusiasts are people from the comedy world and the music world. Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of filmmakers, of course, goes without saying, like some of our most generous donors are in the film industry and they're, they're filmmakers and editors and writers. And, mm -hmm. But we have a lot of musicians and a lot of comedy people right. who are really excited about vidiots because film is their, like, that's their, that's their hobby. That's oh, their yeah. love, yeah. you know? Right. And um, I do think the space will lend itself really, really well mm -hmm. to stand-up comedy and to hybrid events. Right. For sure. It's a really warm room. Yeah, absolutely. The big, the big house. It was a 900-seat movie theater back in the day. Oh, wow. And we made it a little smaller by creating a big lobby, which there wasn't really no lobby in the Eagle before we got the right. building. Mm-hmm. Um, but the room is still really, really big. It and, is, yeah. And it has these beautiful high ceilings and um, little Juliet balconies and 
not your standard, you know, like color scheme for a single screen movie theater. Right. It's pink and blue. Um, oh, yeah, which is that's very fun. It's super fun. And yeah. it's <clears throat> really beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it's also really warm. Mm-hmm. Everybody who walks in that room, even from the very earliest moments of construction, when there was like virtual rubble everywhere. Right. Anybody who's ever done any kind of live performance right. walks in that room and goes like, oh, this is a good room. Right. Well, I mean, even the color palette of Vidiots and its logo is like warm and like fun. Mm-hmm. Between like, yeah, I think there's a bit of pink and blue, yeah. but like like teal, you know? Yeah, it's it was the 80s, right? And mm-hmm. and like look, for all of the seriousness about saving cinema and um and I'm really serious about that stuff. I'm not I'm not like trying to be hyperbolic, but um, but for all of that, there's the other side of it, which is that shit's not as fun as it used to be. And 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 I'm not saying that from like a sad old Gen X perspective. I'm saying <laughs> that like legit, it's not as fucking fun. And uh-huh. it's certainly not as fun for younger generations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we were kids, we like left our houses whether we were jumping on subways like I was or getting on bikes or mm-hmm. um, we had autonomy to some degree. We had some freedom, even the city kids like me, we did, we had movie theaters and video stores and um, record shops and we hung out, you know, we right. went to all ages clubs and shows and things like that. And right. this shit was fun. It's fun. Right. So the space should feel fun. And, mm-hmm. um, and my God, have we all earned some fun? <laughs> no kidding. I mean, I wonder if there's something to the idea that, like, you know, being stuck inside for so long I has like gotten people just like they like they just don't know how to hang out. Yeah, yeah, to know. I mean, I actually think in a weird way, the kind of coming back, like the real coming back. Right. Where Yes, yeah, some of us are still masking in certain places and we're absolutely, a lot of us are being really mindful of people who are more vulnerable right. um, from a health perspective and things like that. And these waves are kind of scary, but for the most part, it it does feel like, like socially we're back, but we're back in this very vulnerable way because we're yeah. so out of the habit. Mm-hmm. And um, it is, it's like learning how to ice skate. It's not like jumping on a bike where you're like, oh, shit, I know how to do My body knows what to do. Right. In a way, it's like getting on ice skates again, where you're like, whoa, I didn't realize my ankle was going to bend that way. Right. And in a weird way, like socially, I feel like that's where we all are. But because none of us could escape, mm-hmm. like, like whatever the like differences in social strata and economic strata and right all of those divisions that we all feel so acutely mm-hmm. we're all socially messed up right now oh sure and i think it's kind of fun i, think <laughs> it's fun. I was always like a little socially off and sure. so i think it's kind of fun to watch everybody like you know, bend their ankles the wrong way and like, <laughs> yell, wobbly out on the ice and try to figure out what the fuck to do. Sure. And I think there's nothing better than creating spaces where that's 
okay and that's welcome and that's a comfortable space to be. And that, I mean, anything, that's what Vidiots is and always was. Yeah, I think that's a very crucial, important thing for anything that's communal. Um, It is funny that you say (laughs) that's, it's like an equal playing field. I'm a very like extroverted, like outgoing social person. Uh, So a lot of the pandemic was like a personally designed nightmare. Um, But, and I, I mean, I guess I, I, get a a weird like fun sensation like i have no problem talking to people a lot of people seem to be like i don't remember how to talk to people i mean i'd be willing to bet that even those of us who are really extroverted Mm -hmm. have had these moments where you're like i don't know what's coming out of my mouth right now or you walk away i mean some of the most extroverted people I know are also the most sort of socially anxious. <laughs> yeah, they are. Right. Like when you walk away and you're like, that person probably thinks I'm really crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe the pandemic kind of leveled the playing field for a lot of us. Right. But I, I yeah, I, I, I mean, the pandemic was also so weird because everybody depending on what their life situation was like, there were people, I remember people being like, you know, very bored and baking bread. And I was like, I'm trying to teach kids how to read and right. not lose their shit. Like I, right. I'm not baking bread here. Like at the end of every day, I'm collapsing in a heap and crying because I think I'm going to lose my business. Right. And I, don't have the patience to teach. And there's a reason why I'm not an elementary school teacher. Right. And, um, and, and now, and, and now all of the things that we would do to relieve ourselves Mm -hmm. of these stressors and these anxieties are off of the, you know, they're off of the board. So like, Mm -hmm. I can't go like go to a movie and zone out for a while. No. Um, I can't go to a bar and like talk to a stranger, <laughs> which for me is a good thing. Uh, <laughs> you sure? Yeah. Sure. I, I, I love, I love human beings who are new to me. I think it's very yeah. fun. And you know, meeting strangers for a cocktail on Zoom just isn't the same. No, it's not right. It's not. No, it's not. I I think in the first month of quarantine, a friend of mine tried to do a cocktail hour of like, and we were all very close. It was just weird. It's weird. We had a couple dance parties that were actually really fun because we had like very there. There's no talking. <laughs> the music on, and there's no talking. Like if you right. want to be in the chat, be in the chat. But no, and 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 watching movies together on it's come on it's just it doesn't it doesn't work I mean we muddled through it I will say I think that a lot of us those of us who are on the right side of humanity because I think there's a pretty right and a pretty wrong side right now sure those of us who are like on the right side of things Mm -hmm. we did a really good job of like holding each other close and and pushing through it and muddling through and getting getting through it um, but now we deserve these things. Now we deserve, we've earned our brick and mortars and we've earned our in-person right. socializing and discovery and inspiration. Right. And I would say 
corollary to that, I I hope people I wish it didn't take a pandemic for some people to realize this, but I hope they don't take those things for granted like they used to. I don't feel like people are taking things for granted right now. I feel like we've mm-hmm. had some new, we have this wonderful new um, bar restaurant that opened down the street from the Eagle um, mm-hmm. and sort of in between where I live and where I work. And um, it's called Capri, Capri Club. Oh yeah. Um, I love yeah. them so much. And like, I've been there twice this week alone and it's packed and it's wonderful. And the vibe is so good. And right. It just feels and waltz our pinball bar down the street who are like our best friends in the world and the shops up and down Eagle Rock Boulevard, Leanna Lynn's and Midnight Rider and my favorite diners are nose. Like there, I I feel like those places are from an outside perspective, they seem to be thriving. Right. So I do think at least in my neck of the woods, from my little little window. Sure. In Northeast Los Angeles, Mm. I see that people are taking full advantage of all the things they were deprived of. Right. Um, And I do, I think, I I hope they continue to do so. (laughs) I hope they will have idiots. Yeah. We, we, we believed, you know, uh, we believed field of dreams when, when, (laughs) It's a kind of cheesy reference, but if you build it, they will come. We right. built it. So y'all better come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the, that's the quick. Yeah, absolutely. You guys, you guys need to come uh as soon as, as soon as they open. Like yeah. just have a line outside the door. Anybody driving up and down Eagle Rock Boulevard better be like, wait, what's going on there? Yep. Yeah. Uh, you want to do some comedy news, Maggie? Sure. This kind of feeds into exactly what we're talking about. So, um, Actually, I have one space uh, written, uh, noted here, but it, I want to talk about two. So there, uh, the, the building in New York that used to house like UCB, Upright Citizens Brigade, before it expanded into UCB East and then UCB Hell's Kitchen, um, and then it was called UCB Chelsea, uh, is closing uh, for after lockdown ended and the uh the space reopened it opened under a a new name that had nothing to do with ucb called asylum new york city and as of yesterday of this recording they had their last show and they had closed um because yeah the the building is like getting bought up and changed into other things and I, i i'm guessing what is happening in la is probably even worse in manhattan I mean, to be honest with you, being from Manhattan, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that anything like that is was still around to this point. Right. right. Um, because it's just so inhospitable. Oh, sure. To any business like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, thankfully, the like 
caveat is still around club coming is still around which are like very yeah. small independent like live performance comedy for spaces yeah but, uh, yeah it's it's coming uh becoming hard it, harder and harder and harder for those things to stay alive um i mean ucb had to close all their all their uh they just went dark forever uh they closed most of their spaces uh including ucb sunset and hell's kitchen and chelsea and they were they reopened ucb franklin a couple months ago and they announced plans to have some sort of operations in new york there are no details available at this time for that but you know they had got sold to new owners that has been a common thread yeah. amongst comedy brands um second city is owned by the same company that owns the rights to grand theft auto wow yeah and funnier die got sold off to uh i got a guy that was formerly a politician i think henry munoz he's awesome Oh, okay, cool. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, Funny or Die is rad. I, I, I have, oh, I have full faith. Funny or Die is like, they're, they're like, I think they're a story of hope and joy and hopefully right. they'll be involved with idiots. Funny or Die is like, I think, uh, at least from my, mm-hmm. you know, limited perspective, I yeah. think Funny or Die is like the, the, the model of hope that we, that we might have. I um, hope so. There's a, the... so very much. The new iteration of Funny or Die currently has a somewhat monthly show at Dynasty Typewriter, and they get yeah. a lot of cool people to do it. So I do have. Oh no, I have full faith in Funny or Die. Right. Um, yeah. I will uh, also say that just from like the rare moment where I'll be positive um, <laughs> is that, um, I mean, if Vidiots is absolute proof that something can seem to go away and come back absolutely if the right people are involved and people who are truly passionate about um the the thing itself right and they're smart and good and surrounded by a lot of experts and things are done the right way you you can bring things back i mean i don't think anybody thought videos was really going to come back when we closed in 17 yeah i i thought so yeah. Same with swingers. Well, I thought they would, they were one of the first things that like, Oh, I guess that's gone because of the quarantine. Uh, and then people came in to save it because it's, you know, we, that is one of the few things that I will actually emphatically give to New York city over LA of late night diners. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we have Denny's and norms, but those don't count. Mm-hmm. Um, I can count on one hand, the 20, like the late, late, late night diners. There's uh, not very many of them. No, and the, yeah, and the, like the, the, it's such a, a commodity here, and uh, we got to hold them precious. I know Greenblatt's going down was one of the I that was so hard. I right. I, I sobbed for yeah. days. Cafe One Hundred One has been replaced, and that place isn't even a late night diner. Yeah, I there there I have some hope that some of the like that some changing of ownership and some changing of hands is right. not always the worst thing. Sometimes it can lead to, to longevity actually, sure. as long as people understand what the, what the magic in those spaces sure. is. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah. To be ho- more hopeful. I mean, like Lyric Hyperion just changed hands. Uh, the last week's guests 
got to talk all about it. I'm very excited for that space to come back into uh, 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 former prominence and new prominence as well. Um, and then the Pack Theater, which is, you know, arguably like a collective and a theater and a brand, you know, it's a bunch of different things, but it was born out of a bunch of people who took UCB classes, Groundlings classes, were very funny but they didn't want to wait for three years to do a stage show because famous people performed at their theaters they took classes at. Um, They did their own thing. And so they went to a very not well-regarded complex, you know, in the, in the theater district, uh, which I will never forget. I remember looking this up on LA's theater block, bitter lemons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was basically like, if you put your stage play, at, up at the complex it's trash <laughs> Odd. i know which is so sad i mean when you're talking about points of access it's so expensive to put like a stage production on oh i i mean i don't know how like people in live theater do it i mean i that that i think people look at me and they're like oh my god how are you opening a video store and i'm like well it's it like once it's open, it's open, and we don't have to like redo it over and over and over and over again, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of just. I feel like the live theater world is a lot of betting on yourself and hoping that you get something else. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the whole thing. You know about the Edinburgh Fringe, right, Maggie? I I I don't know if I do. It's uh, it's one of the it's like one of the premier performing arts festivals that happens every year around August in Edinburgh, Scotland. And it's like thousands of shows, uh, thousands and thousands of performers. The thing is this, there's not like too much of a vetting process other than like, can you get a venue? Can you get yourself there? Um, And like that creates this sort of chaotic, wild, wonderful thing of like all these shows happening at the same time. And they're all over the place. Uh, Like literally, I think the population in Edinburgh triples during the wow. film. Wow. So yeah. Edinburgh is like, it's, it has so much in it. I mean, there's the film festival. There's, yeah. there's just so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But like, you know, to a bunch of comedians go to that and they, you basically have to like find at least 10 grand to just go and like, wow. do you got to do a show pretty much every day for like a month. Wow amazing and you're just hoping to break even yeah that's just the hope i mean that's the thing is like these endeavors are like i'm it's great that that you know a small percentage of people in the arts especially in the film arts and some in comedy get to make a ton of money like that that's great but um but the majority of the people who are trying really hard to keep these art forms accessible to audiences we're not we're like on the opposite end of the spectrum where you're just like I'm just doing this because I am I whatever something is compelling me to do it and it's certainly not a paycheck right um but uh for those of us who are very passionate about these things you know how much you get paid is sort of the last Right. thing on your mind and you make all sorts of personal sacrifices mm-hmm. to to keep moving forward like not going on vacation for 17 years which is the stupidest thing i can tell you i've ever done <laughs> you and me both <laughs> like 
let's get videos open so Maggie can go on a vacation with her husband for the first time in 17 years. Yeah, I, th- I feel like your board will have to mandate a vacation for you. That's what I, it's going to take. They kind of have. <laughs> they, were they were like, go to Ojai for a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I I actually don't believe in that. I, I, I'm very against, um, especially women in the arts, um, sort of m- m- over sacrificing. Oh, yeah. um, I, I, I don't, I don't think that that's a healthy way to exist. And I'm right. certainly, I'm not really doing that. Right. Um, but I will say, especially when you have brick and mortar, it's very hard for people who run brick and mortar to have a life outside of it because, um, it does need a lot of TLC and it needs a lot of management and, um, going away for long periods of time can be really scary. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, I don't know what that's like. Cause I, I mean, I, I don't think I've taken a legitimate vacation in over a decade. I mean, I've like done like this bullshit where I'll like go to a place, see comedy at night. I mean, I'll have fun during the day, but that's after I did like half a day of work. Yeah. I do a lot of um, vacations with my parents, which who I love by the way, endlessly. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm almost 50. I should probably take a vacation with my husband to somewhere that isn't in the state of California. Yeah, um, that'd, that'd probably be good. Probably. That is, how about that to motivate you to donate to Vidiots? Help this poor <laughs> old woman get <laughs> out of the state of California. There you yeah. go. Maggie's Maggie's global vacation fund. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get, get would... idiots open so one so she can stop asking for money all the time that's right. my other that's my backup fundraising campaign is let's get it funded so maggie can stop asking you for money right yeah i i i like the sound of that more than what is it like those 500 yeah. plate dollar 500 dollar chicken plate dinners totally politicians do i promise we will never do a gala with rubber chicken that's that's great oh i did i wanted to say so the pack theater was a part of the complex and it was one of the like most consistent things there um and then they raised enough money to survive in that like to pay rent right at quarantine but then you know the pandemic went on and on um and so the complex at this point is just closing because it you know it's not sustainable as a whole because i I think it holds like seven or eight different theaters yeah. Like like black boxes. Unfortunately, there's another theater down the street called the Broadwater, which is going to be the new home of the Pack Theater in 2023. So that will continue to live on and arguably stay intact, kind of how it is, which yeah. is a very like, you know, DIY subversive genre bending comedy school institution brand. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing too, is recognizing that we can all be very sentimental about physical spaces, but ultimately the brick and mortar, the actual physical Mm -hmm. bricks and mortar are, um, can be changeable. They can be movable. They can be changeable. And, um, what's really important is, um, what happens in those spaces and the community that comes together in those spaces. And yeah. so when, you know, I, when we announced that we were moving Vidiots and we announced moving Vidiots without 
really knowing how we were going to get it open or where we were going to move. Right. And I do think that a lot of people kind of like gave up on us and they were like, oh, it's closed. And then a lot of people were like, oh my God, come to the East side, come to the East side. And then, you know, certainly we will always have our Santa Monica diehards who are, who feel, you know, who very much feel like we left and that's the end for them. And I'm still talking about a mobile video store. (laughs) We always wanted to put together and it never materialized in the nineties, but like, Mm -hmm. we will never abandon any of our customers. We'll always find a way to bring movies to the people, even if, you know, it's in a, van (laughs) i mean i think people i I think we've been normalized with sort of pop-ups and vans and food trucks and yeah i think people would be into that well and like really giving spaces like these comedy clubs like videos on spaces that have built community over many many years giving us the grace to know that we're going to bring you something. Right. We can't always predict how long it's going to take. We can't always predict how we're going to do it or what it's going to be when it opens. Right. But trust that if somebody is trying to bring back a comedy club or a radio station or um, a video store, mm-hmm. these are the people who care about that thing most in the world. Oh, yeah. And they will go to extreme lengths to get those things back to the people who love them or don't even know about them yet, but will certainly be, their lives will be um, positively altered by those spaces. Right. That's certainly why I'm doing it. Yeah. And it's a crucial, important, commendable thing to do. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for caring. Thank you for being invested in it. No problem. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in too deep, Maggie. <laughs> we're all in too deep. Yeah, we're all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I've dedicated my entire life to comedy since 2010, and yeah. I, I didn't know, I didn't know what the Comedy Bureau was going to be when it started, but I knew it could be something. And now it's like a, people think it has like a corner office or something and there's a staff and it's just me. <laughs> oh, well, I, I took it on, in, on an intern finally like a month ago. Yeah, I, I, I've had somebody recently think, oh, we were like fully funded to the point of having like a um, like an endowment. Right. And I was like, what gave you that idea? And they were like, well, you guys make it look so good on socials and you know, we, I, we know you got delayed because the pandemic, but like you right. keep moving forward and you did the whole thing in the pandemic. So we just assumed. And I was like, oh, my God, no. Yeah, that's we're, that's we're, where building a ladder one rung at a time while we're climbing up at it. Right. And there are times where you're reaching for the next rung and you're like, oh, shit, it's not there. How are we going to get how are we going to make that mm-hmm. next rung so that we can keep going? Right. Um, like, and you, you do it with the love of your community. Uh uh-huh. That's where I wonder what do you, so we need to like dress up like a little orphan kid and, and, and have like a empty coffee mug to be begging for money. Is that what you, the optics that everybody wants? It's crazy. It's a really complicated thing, right? Because Mm -hmm. this, 
I mean, the film industry especially is so invested in this idea of fake it till you make it, sure. which can be very, like, I get the appeal of it to some extent, mm-hmm. but it's also a really scary place to be because, <laughs> you know, you, um, yeah, I mean, these things that we're doing are ambitious and, um, and if they weren't hard, maybe they wouldn't be worth doing, but um, it would be nice if they were a little easier. It would be yeah. really, it would be, it would, it would give you the sort of reserves to, to make them even better. Right. Um, which, you know, maybe this is good timing that it's the end of the year and like, for the most part, the world's going to shut down for a hot minute. Yeah. What is do you what would be like a a dream event at Vidiots uh that you would love to have happen? I mean, I'm almost too like scared to tell you something very specific because uh-huh. I'm we're gonna make some of these dreamy events actually happen and I don't want to get I figured I figured so you could be you could be I mean there's certainly like yeah do I want to like reunite certain bands that might have had a seminal documentary made about them yeah that's not gonna happen but (laughs) I mean I think that like my my fantasy vision for the space in general Mm -hmm. whether it's around a specific event or sort of just for the long term vibe of the whole thing is is to be in there on a Friday or Saturday night and see everybody there right um see people from the neighborhood whose grandparents own houses on the street who you know grew up going to the eagle when they were really little mm-hmm. kids and and um, people who like migrated from Santa Monica and live in Eagle Rock in Northeast LA now and loved videos and they're browsing the video store and their little kids are running around the store and there are teenagers from Eagle Rock high in middle school and the elementary school and they're coming for a Friday night at the movies with their friends and um and maybe there's a special guest, but maybe there's not. Maybe the sure. special guests are in the audience. Um, right. I am very much in interested in refocusing um around the audience. Yeah. And um maybe there's a band that's gonna come do like a couple songs and play a set before they present a movie that was meaningful or special to them. And the audience that they're talking to is not necessarily, you know, they're super fans. Maybe there are people in that audience who just really love the movie that they're going to show. And now that band has a new, a new group of followers because they came together around a film. Um, Saturday mornings with, you know, little ones and people who love animation and, you know, we don't call anything family friendly. We <laughs> Thank about, God. <laughs> we don't talk about kids screenings. I mean, we talk, we, we call, you know, those, those 
events, all ages events. Sure. Um, plenty of grown up people who absolutely love animation. It's oh, sure. not just for little children. Right. Um, More so now I, than ever, I think. Absolutely. And I want to see those people interacting with different generations. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very much feeling um, the lack of generational overlap right now. Um, I think LA was always a little bit um, segregated by generation, sure. by everything. But I, <laughs> yeah. I really like, I love the notion, not just of, you mentioned a new leaf. Like I love Elaine May, but I yeah. want to watch movies, you know, with that Elaine May made um, with the people that actually saw those movies in movie theaters when they came out right. sitting next to my daughter who will love a new leaf. Like that's what I want to see. Um, sorry. My dog is about to go crazy. Um, so that's what I'm trying to really do with idiots is, um, just get us back to a place that we all once knew. Right. Absolutely. And actually be the thing that Nicole Kidman keeps talking about in those AMC ads. <laughs> those AMC ads. I, every time I see them, I'm like. I, I mean, they've become this amazing inside joke for people that regularly go to the movies, and I really appreciate it. Right. Um, I totally am like down with the sentiment. Yes, right. this is the place. Don't know if an EMC movie theater is <laughs> my place. Right. Um, right. 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 But let's see. Maybe AMC will make a very generous donation to Vineyards, and then we'll find out. But um, maybe then it will be my place. Right. But. I think they would serve them, honestly. Rather I do too. Trying, rather than trying to make Sunset Five as an AMC and an indie art theater. Oh, Sunset Five. Sunset Five is so important to me personally. It Same. Was, Same. When I moved to, to Los Angeles in oh, 99, um, I, I didn't know anybody when I moved here. I, I like had a bad boyfriend and that was it. And I spent so much time at the, what was then the Lemley Sunset Five, just like watching movies and thinking like, where, why am I in this city? What am I doing here? I never felt out of place my whole life until I moved to LA. And I was like, why am I here? I don't know anybody. Um, I, I had a job goes south not through my any my own fault mm -hmm. I felt lost right. and that movie theater um New Beverly right those were spaces that, were, that I was like well at least I have this right um yeah. especially because when Sunset 5 was a Lamley theater you you could see movies that you would see at Arclight for seven bucks on Tuesdays 100 percent well I was there before Arclight was even built Right. So, you know, or was being built. So mm -hmm. I, there was no arc light option in right. those early days of my living here. I, I think I'm pretty what, sure. What was the Cinerama Dome being used for then? The Cinerama Dome, I feel like was under construction when I moved okay. here. I, th I think it was being renovated unless it was open and I never went because I like didn't really know to go there. Sure. But um. But then I, same thing when the Arclight opened, I mean, the Arclight was hugely important to me personally, 
when my husband and I were first dating, we were there all the time. It's it's one of those movie theaters, the Vista and the Arclight and the right. Cinerama Dome are the ones where I'm like, I need it back in my life. Please right. come back. Um, and uh, yeah, we need these spaces badly. And Absolutely. I would love if Nicole Kidman would would come and do a a, a version of her very moving <laughs> tribute to the movies, but but do it for videos, maybe that would we'll be do amazing. It for videos and the yes. montages of not ten pole movies. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. That would be that would be great. That is kind of how I gauge how rowdy a crowd will be. If they if I see people lip syncing to Nicole Kidman or Oh Jane, my god, that would be so fun. I I am like I'm a Nicole Kidman super fan. Mm-hmm. So I would be I would pass out if that happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, that would be pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. I who, um, who, who knows, Maggie? Who knows? Uh are there are there donor events or uh fundraising events coming up? Um I mean we're so close to the end now that we're trying to put all of our resources into like getting open. Sure. Um but we have really fun campaigns running right now where our friends Itty Bitty Mini Mart make these tiny miniature amazing wonders. And they made all of these tiny miniature movie related tiny teeny things and you know if you buy a annual membership at a certain level and the memberships i like i i I hard sell a lot but there are also times where i'm like look if you can join as a founding member at five thousand, that's wonderful if you can't i'm not gonna hard press you on it obviously but i am really hard pressing on the annual memberships um the level started a hundred dollars the perks are going to be awesome especially the higher level perks have like free popcorn all year long um and that's a hundred for a year a hundred dollars for your your first level of membership for a year the Mm -hmm. benefits will kick in once we open um but if you buy memberships now you're really truly i can actually use almost use the word literally in this case Mm -hmm. you are literally getting the doors open um because those dollars are going into all of the things that we need to finish this building, like the masking motors for the screens and the curtains and the racks for the video store, which we had to give up when we moved out of Santa Monica. And guess what? Racks for the video store are going to cost $20,000. Damn. So when people buy memberships now and when they make even small contributions, which are tax deductible, it makes a massive difference for us because that's one less thing that we have to fundraise for or that we have to buy and go like, oh my God, where's the next thing going to come from? So um, we are truly in the home stretch. And, um, and we do, I think in the new year, we may have some fundraising events with partner organizations like our friend Secret Movie Club did something really fun with us recently. Um, we partner with rooftop cinema clubs. So we do those, those events, but what we want to do is start doing stuff on our home turf. And if we, if we raise enough dollars going into the end of this year, and if we, you know, have a, have a few angels come in and maybe some Nicole Kidman energy, like, (laughs) Oh, let's manifest that. Let's manifest. manifest it. And then we'll be open 
Um, I know we've said we were going to open spring 2020, spring 21. <laughs> we keep like, you know, it, things keep shifting down um, 100% because of the pandemic. I mean, right. Oh, time is so fluid. Did you read that thing today about how Edie Falco shot her part of yeah. Avatar and she thought it was released already and flopped? Oh my God, it's so crazy. I, when I read that, I was like, oh, I get it. I get it, Edie Falco, <laughs> I get it. Like, no, it's really hard. I mean, some people are like, some people are very frustrated that we haven't opened like a long time ago. And I'm like, you've got, like, I I, I understand it. And I, I so appreciate the passion in it right. because what it means is they want it really badly and they love it. Right. Uh, but yeah, if you think you have a hard time with the LADWP, at your house imagine right. what it's like to right. put a meter in for a massive sprinkler system um it's complicated and but we really are truly there so yeah. to all those people i'll say this i get i get the frustration and how the endless waiting it seems like it's just never going to come the yeah. second that you're in there watching a movie with everybody it'll be like you'll forget about it yeah it'll be all yeah. worth it you just yeah. got to get to that point. That's all. Great. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so uh, much for so joining. I'm sorry. What was that, Maggie? I, I was just saying I'm so appreciative. Of course. I'm very, very glad to have you on. Um, Where were yourself online? I'm sorry. You, you glitched. Where okay. can people find us? Yeah. Where can people find you online? Find more info, uh, you know, get annual membership, okay. all that sort of jazz vidiotsfoundation.org mm -hmm. is our website. Yes. You can sign up for a membership. You can gift a membership to someone. You can make a small donation. You can buy merch. You can sponsor a shelf in the video store. You can join as a founding member. Um, you can buy a seat. You can name a seat in the movie theater. Um, and I love, love when people follow us on Instagram. Um, we're still on the Twitter thing, but... Um, <laughs> not a really great space to be right now so uh but you know algorithms being what they are um i i hope you'll come find us on yeah. instagram we're doing really fun stuff and absolutely um we work really hard to make it an entertaining and fun space to be <laughs> yes yes and what a great holiday gift that would be especially if you're running out of time yeah so we have so many good um fun things and if this is going out tomorrow, uh -huh. I can tell you that on Thursday, December 22nd, um, our amazing uh, board chair, Mary Rolick, and I will be at the theater from 10 a.m. until 1230 handing out um, things that people have purchased for last minute gifting and they don't want to oh, wait wow. for the postal service. Um, and then um, we will do a virtual tour uh -huh. on Zoom that evening as well. So 7 p.m on zoom and the way to get the link for that is to sign up for our newsletters at videotsfoundation.org great amazing awesome. i will try to include as much of that as i can in the show notes um i'm jay kroger i created the comedy bureau you can find the comedy bureau at thecomedybureau.com at the comedy bureau across socials you can find me on instagram at not the supermarket and Twitter for now, MFJ Kroger, but Paul Tompkins signed off on Twitter. So I guess that's the, that's it. That's it for he's, he's at the end of this year. He's not going to do it anymore. Yeah. We, we, we got, I mean, 
We got to stand together. We got to get off there, man. Yeah, but we just we all got to pick one. We got to pick, pick the, one. Pick yeah, one. I, I don't want to sign up for Hive, Mastodon, and Post Social. I just want to get to a place where Vidiots is so beloved and so thriving that we can get off of social media altogether. How about that? That'd be great. That'd I'm be gonna fun. I'm gonna say that's probably not possible, but <laughs> that'd be great. I'm gonna agree. Uh, yeah. Um, so many great causes to support this time. Vidiots being one of them. Uh, if you have money and generosity left over, please support the Comedy Bureau to keep it running for 12 or more years. Uh, do you have anything to say as we sign off here, Maggie? Thank you. Thank you for doing the work that you do. And thank you for caring. And thank you for making sure that we have laughter and inspiration <laughs> and art in our lives when, boy, do we need it. You're, I mean, it's uh, not to found, it sound overly sentimental, but that's what home feels like for me. So if I can yeah. share that with other people, that's all that I want to do. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, live comedy and comedy in theaters and comedy of all kinds is happening. Please go watch and support it. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. Woohoo! Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Guineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.